Pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Rejection. One of the hardest things we might face, isn't it? Rejection hurts, leaves marks. Not ones you can see with your eyes, but it leaves them. And it changes you. And sometimes makes wounds that take a long time to heal and sometimes never fully. I can remember trying out for a club soccer team in high school. And at the tryouts, the coach didn't even talk to me or look at me. He already had his team. And I didn't know the right people, so I was rejected from the start. Or I still remember the first girl I asked out in seventh grade. She said no, through a friend, of course, because that's how seventh grade works. I'm not sure what it's been for you in your life, whether you've been rejected by someone you love that didn't love you back, or, or you got a letter in the mail and found out you didn't get into that school, or somebody else got the job that you wanted. Whatever it is, rejection is hard, and we've all been there, haven't we? That's where Jesus is in Mark 6. And I imagine it hurt. Jesus has been up around the Sea of Galilee. Remember, I showed you maps the last few weeks. Up around the Sea of Galilee with his disciples in Capernaum, teaching, ministering, healing, bringing the kingdom of God. And now he goes 25 miles southwest to his hometown. And Mark won't even write it by name. He just says his hometown. And it says the disciples followed, and he goes on the Sabbath and begins teaching in the synagogue. That's what he did. And many who heard him were astonished. This starts like a lot of other stories. But why are they astonished? It's not like the other stories so far. It's not what, you, what you'd think. Everyone else he's been teaching to, they're astonished. They say he's one with authority. He seems different. They're drawn to him. But what do his hometown Nazarethans, or whatever you say, what do they say? They say, where did this man get these things? What wisdom is given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hand? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and his brothers and sisters? They're right here. We know who this guy is. And they took offense at him. And then Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except right here, in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own family. Translation, we know you. You can't be special. We remember when you were this big, Jesus. Or we know the story that your mom tried to peddle. Virgin birth? Your dad went along with it? Yeah, we know who you are. And then Mark says, Jesus could do no mighty work there. That's verse 5. But then it goes on to say, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, which I would consider mighty works. And then it says, Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. They're astonished at Jesus. He's astonished at them. They're astonished because we know this guy. How could he possibly be this? And Jesus is astonished at them for their unbelief. Jesus healed people of all sorts in his ministry. When people believed him, when they put their trust in him, he says things like, your faith has made you well. Not that it's their faith. It's the one with the power that they trusted in. But Jesus wasn't a circus act who just went out and did all sorts of magic tricks. He brought the kingdom of God near into people's real lives and healed those 
who trusted in him. And where people had no faith, he actually didn't. Now he goes back home, and he has some very important decisions to make. So to you, when you are rejected, when you're rejected, you have a few choices, don't you? If you're rejected by a guy or a girl that you like, well, you have a few options, right? You can wait and ask very nicely again some other time. You could take the hint and go away, or I don't know. If it's a school that you didn't get into, you could wait a year, go somewhere else, try to beef up your grade point average, retry. You could choose another school. If it's a job you wanted, there are good and very bad ways to respond. You could be you know, bitter and poison everyone around you and tell everyone that everybody above you, they don't know what they're doing. I should have gotten the job. Or you could pray about what a different good path might be for you. There's all sorts of good and bad ways, but you have a choice when you are rejected of what to do next. And when it comes to Jesus, he goes to the synagogue, preaches about God's word, God's promises, God's kingdom, and they want nothing to do with him. They say, yeah, we know who you are. You're nothing special. And at that moment, Jesus has a decision to make. He can either, on the one hand, change his message, change his ministry, change his approach, change something so that people will like him, or not. Jesus could have said, oh, you don't believe I'm the Messiah? You don't believe that I'm God come near to bring the kingdom, to forgive your sins, to heal your soul, to promise you eternal life? You don't believe me? Well, what do I got to do? Let, let, me prove it. let me prove it to you. Should it be more miracles? If, if that's what you want to see, more dead raisings, more he healings, you know, I'll give you whatever you want. Please just like me. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? What do I have to do to get you to like me? Is that what Jesus does? No. Jesus doesn't change his message, he doesn't change his ministry, and he doesn't change the gospel. When forced with the question of rejection, Jesus knew exactly who he was and what he was there for. What about you and me? Aren't we tempted at times to change who we are so that certain people don't reject us? Aren't we tempted at times to Maybe change God's word or change God's truth when we're around certain people so that they like us and that they don't reject us? Isn't it tempting when you're around someone that you love and you want their approval and they say, really, the Bible teaches that? It's tempting to say, well, you know, not really. I, I mean, it, it, it means what, whatever you want it to mean. God wasn't really clear. Isn't it tempting at times to change the message and in so sometimes end up changing the gospel so that people like us and don't reject us. Except Jesus, his message, his life, his gospel, his truth do not change. And so even when his own family, the people you would want the approval from the most, his very own family rejection, rejects him, Jesus stays on message. It would have been so easy for Jesus to say, what do you guys want to hear? What do you guys want to see? You know, don't tell the other villages I'm going to do this for you, but you're my family, I'll, whatever it takes. But he wouldn't. And he was rejected. Here's what I think that means. You don't get to decide how people respond to the gospel. 
You don't get to decide how people respond to God's word and God's truth. And often you don't get to decide even how, how your own heart initially responds to God's word and God's truth. You are called to be faithful to Jesus and let him sort it out. And people respond in all sorts of ways. Now, don't be, don't be a jerk. You can't be mean and unkind and ugly and then blame God. You do have control over how you act, but you are called to be a disciple of Jesus, to follow Jesus, and to speak God's truth and God's word, and then leave it up to God. So the story then continues. If you're looking in your Bible, it, it looks like a new section, but it all goes together because it's all tied together. So it says Jesus went on continuing, uh, went on about among the villages teaching. Now we're at verse 7. It says he called the twelve, and began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over unclean spirits. And he charged them to take nothing with them except a staff, no bread, no bag of money, but wear sandals and not two tunics, not two coats, just one. And he said, whenever you enter a house, stay there till you depart. That if any place will not receive you, not listen, when you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Very important now. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil those who were sick and healed them. Jesus sends out disciples then like he sends out you and me as disciples and he says to them, say whatever it takes so people like you. You know exactly what I said and what I mean, but hey, if you got to change it, I get it. We just need good approval numbers this month, okay? Are we, are we clear? No, verse 12 says, they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. Might not be what we're expecting, but the message never changes. Jesus tells his disciples to go out and proclaim that we all should repent. Now, you and I both know repentance is not a popular thing to preach. It never was and never will be, but yet that's the message. John the Baptist calls Herod Antipas to repent for having an affair and marrying that person, and then he gets killed for it, which if you keep reading, him getting killed is the very next story in Mark 6. But Mark 1, 1 begins, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then immediately John is on the scene saying, repent, the kingdom of God is near. And then Jesus comes on the scene and begins his ministry by saying, repent and believe the gospel. And then when Jesus sends out his disciples to do ministry in his name, guess what he tells them to say? Repent and believe the gospel. You're seeing a theme here, right? Repent. Repenting is one of the hardest things to do, but perhaps the greatest thing you can do. Why is repenting so hard? Well, it's because when you, when you get on your knees and repent before God, you are giving up the right to be your own God. That's what's at the core of it. You stop saying, I'm in control, I decide my life, my future, I decide everything, I decide even what, what you think, God, what your word says, I decide my own truth, I'm in control, I am my own God. Repenting means you say, you are God, I am not. I'm sorry for rebelling against your will, your word, I'm sorry for being the God of my own life, trying to tell you how things should be, how my life should go. I'm sorry for hurting others. I need forgiveness. I need you. 
And repenting is so hard because it is giving up the keys of control of your life, which we so desperately want to hold on to. Repenting is the absolute best thing you can do because Jesus is saying, repent and believe the gospel. The gospel, the message that never changes, that God has come near to you. God has come to restore what's broken in your life and restore what's broken in our city and in our world And God has come near to heal your broken family, your broken marriage, to reunite us with God, to forgive all of your attempts to run your own life and be your own God. Repentance frees you from all of that. And it allows you simply to trust in your Savior. God saves you. God restores you. God gives you everything Jesus has earned at his own expense. Secured, delivered as Jesus lived, died, and rose for you That's the best news out there. But it means you're not your own God anymore. And as much as it'd be easier to change the message, change the gospel, change Jesus, he will have none of it. And if we change the gospel, we have none of it. If you take away repentance, you are left with the crushing weight of trying to save yourself. You are left with the crushing weight of trying to be good enough for God, trying to justify your own existence, trying to convince God that you're not all that bad after all. When it's simply repent and believe the gospel. The gospel that Jesus was rejected for you. Jesus knows rejection far more than whatever you have experienced. Whatever you have faced, Jesus has been there. And he'll give you strength to get through it. Jesus was first rejected here by his hometown and his family in Nazareth. But he was rejected over and over. When he was arrested and put on trial and sentenced and murdered. All of that rejection. And even at the very end, his own people, his own disciples, and his own friends. Jesus was rejected for you. So that you would always be accepted and received by the merciful and forgiving arms of God. Repent and believe the gospel that Jesus was rejected for you and you never will be. And that message will never change. So may the peace that surpasses all of our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.